To our first episode. So exciting. But first of all, I want to say that I'm glad you're here. I've been thinking so hard about what I want to be the first episode of my podcast, and I want it to be something light. But it's been raining the whole day, actually, the whole week. You know, gray skies, thunderstorms, frogs, crickets. Uh, you're probably hearing some of them right now. Um, I just came back from work. I'm a teacher, by the way, and I'm working in a nonprofit organization, helping children have a better chance at surviving life through education. But setting that aside, at the end of a very long day, we are all the same. Humans. You know that time of the day, as an adult, when you have that little bit of time to reflect and just feel everything that is the kind of moment i'm having right now like i'm not sad neither i'm happy i'm just okay and that is something i'm really really grateful for 2020 and 2021 have been really really tough for everyone and no, I'm not going to compare who has had tougher times. I think with what is going on in the world today, instead of comparing ourselves with others, being kind and being grateful to everyone, including ourselves, would do so much better. That's why today, in the first episode, I want to share my own ways and how I cope with my own stuff called life. How I am keeping myself sane in this very, very challenging time. Hashtag life in the time of COVID-19. I'm sharing this because it works for me. That time I ibang ways to cope. We also have our own stress and anxiety limits. That's why I try not to compare my experiences with others kasi lahat tayo special. Parang ribisco or skittles. We are differently flavored. No man or woman is alike. There are some people who will say, Yun lang, nalungkot na siya. Quit na, give up na. Ako nga, nung time ko, blah, 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 blah. Although we know that the intention is more of to encourage someone when we try to compare, there's really no point of comparison because although our situations might be the same, the way we look at things can be very, very different. So again, how I cope can be the same or different than how you cope. It begins by knowing ourselves. In line with that, the first thing I'd like to share that this pandemic reminded me, and this is how I mainly cope, is that I take time to listen to myself. Whenever I feel sad, I acknowledge that I am feeling sad, especially now that a lot of us have not seen our friends and loved ones for a very long time. We have to be our own best friend. We have to be extra kind to ourselves. Oftentimes, especially when we are taking care of a lot of people or we have so much responsibilities, 
we tend to automatically put ourselves in the last, you know, last in the list of priorities. This pandemic reminded me that I have to put myself first if I want to continue taking care of others. Or if that is not my motivation, I want to continue taking care of myself so that I could do whatever it is that I want to do in life. It's a cliche. We work hard for whatever reasons we have. Pero di ba importante na we have to exist first so that we can do all those things? So every day, I take time to listen to myself, my state of mind, my emotions, without judgment. I don't even have to rationalize it or explain myself to myself. I just begin with validating whatever feelings I have. The reasons behind those feelings and thoughts come secondary for me. I find time for that, but first things first, I listen to me. If I'm angry, I'm angry. If I feel upset, I give myself time to feel it. And that is my second way of coping. After listening to myself and acknowledging my feelings, I find a way to express them or get them out of my system. If I need to cry, I cry. Shameless cry. Yung tipong sometimes sa Google pa, hindi pa naman ako umabot dun sa time na sobrang na-feel ko, na tipong nag-walling na. But I had moments when I really needed a good cry. In fact, for me, we shouldn't be saying stop crying to ourselves or to others if we feel or they feel the need to cry. For me, crying is healthy. According to the studies made by Harvard University, on the average in the U.S., women live five years longer than men and seven years longer worldwide. And some of the reasons identified why this is so is that men tend to be less socially connected and they avoid doctors whenever they feel something and also men commit suicide more often than women but see in their research depression is considered more common among women but statistically speaking there are more men who are committing suicide so some people attribute this to the tendency for men to avoid seeking help especially for their depression or for their mental health and of course the toxic cultural norms i'm talking about toxic masculinity boys don't cry that is not right you know everybody cries having as a some music the iconic song everybody cries and everybody hurts sometimes i love that song it speaks of the truth boys don't cry humans cry it's normal i never tell my nephews and my nieces even my students that boys don't cry and don't get me started yung mga side comments na kalalaking tao umiiyak bakla kaya ata eh hello ang dapat sagot dyan is tao nga po kaya umiiyak po at saka mga bakla lang bang umiiyak and if ever in another universe it's a fact ano naman ngayon kung bakla si totoy diba well the boy will benefit more from the support acceptance and love of the people around him like I said, we are all special. Crying is not a sign of weakness. Crying is our body's natural biological response when we are overwhelmed with emotions. 
It is a gift. It's our body's way of coping when we have had too much or when we cut onions, basically. So let the tears fall. There are even times when I can't even describe what I feel. And I'm sure you've also felt that, like there are no words to describe. And it's not just about hormones or PMS or the weather or the full moon. I cope by just allowing myself to feel it. Usually, I don't need to do anything. But if the feelings and thoughts are too intense and I need to do something about it, I would pick non-self-destructive ways. Yun bang mga paraan na I know I will not regret after. Like, for example, I write in a journal or a private blog or I do a more intense exercise if I feel like I need to hit something or someone well I never really reached that point yet because I'm the type na mahabang pasensya ko but I don't know if it's true but I think I just learned how to conserve my energy which is also part of me trying to be kind to myself if something won't matter five years in the future I don't bother stressing on it for more than five minutes. It's my 5-5 rule. Again, if something won't matter five years in the future, I don't bother stressing on it for more than five minutes. That's all the time and energy I have for it. So, going back on releasing stress and emotions. When I have such a very toxic day, I do more push-ups or high-intensity workout. Exercising is also very productive for the body and mind, especially if I follow it with um, meditation. It helps release all the feel-good hormones naturally, and so it's always a win-win situation. And then what else? I also draw or paint my feelings. I find that using different strokes and colors and medium helps me visualize the abstract thing that I'm experiencing. Playing and listening to music is also a favorite. I feel like music and lyrics of songs understand me better than some people. So I have playlists for different moods. And um, I'm sure you also have it too. I'm also guilty of binge watching. My favorites are science documentaries, those conspiracy theories, UFOs, forensic and crime series, and I also watch a lot of cartoons like Rick and Morty, Big Mouth, Family Guy, Chowder, Phineas and Ferb, We Bear Bears, and Disney movies. I think it's partly Peter Pan syndrome. Like, sometimes I want to pretend for a while that I have no responsibilities. Don't you? For a while, I mean, I appreciate being a grown-up now, but there are moments when I just want to drop everything and be. Binge-watching as my coping mechanism was okay, but I feel that it's more of me trying to ignore my feelings rather than face it. And when I'm not self-aware, it can become a sort of addiction. Last year, when we have been locked down for the first time, it was quite a long time, about a month, I think. Anything can happen anytime, like the possibility of me losing my job or having to leave Thailand soon. And also, that was the time when my then-partner and I decided to end the seven-year relationship. So many stuff were happening. I binge-watched for weeks. I was losing sleep. 
I was not caring about what day or time it was anymore. I was not eating on time. And then when I ate, it's also breakfast, lunch, and dinner in one big meal. So it was really counterproductive for me. I had been suppressing my sadness, my loss of control on things. I didn't realize it, but I was also grieving for letting go of so many things and people. I had friends who had to leave the country and also I had this, you know, fear of the unknown. Everybody has that. I wasn't listening to myself, clearly. I was trying to drown my senses with Netflix and food. So I gained so much weight, but that was not a problem. Gaining weight was not my problem. I wasn't feeling good on the inside. That was a problem, and it manifested physically because I wasn't paying attention to myself. Along with gaining weight came health issues. I started to have high blood pressure, I had intense migraine attacks, I was blacking out and there were like ringing in my ears, um, never experienced those before. I had UTI, panic attacks, I had acne breakout and my insomnia got worse. So all of this in about like a month or two. And I was always in the clinic and the doctor was like, you know, why are you always here? So anyway, one day when Netflix had nothing more to show me because I've probably seen most of those that I liked, I had nothing left to do but deal with myself. I looked at myself in the mirror and I saw how sad I was. How I neglected myself, which I promised a long time ago I would not do again and yet, whoa, here I go again doing it. And I just broke down. After a long moment of reflection and watching the last episode of The Hundred with Alicia Devnam Carey's character as Lexa, well, you probably don't know the Lexa effect if you haven't seen the TV series. I'll probably talk about it um, in future episodes. But anyway, I was reflecting and suddenly I had that awakening moment that I need to treat myself better. And that's when I started to make lifestyle changes. So, um, hey, I'm not saying that binge watching is bad. I wasn't ready to face all the shit that I had going on. And binge watching helped me buy some time until I was ready to clean up. I think we are allowed to be in a messy state, especially in times like this. But looking back now, being hooked on something for a long time could be counterproductive and self-destructive. It could lead to more issues one has to deal with if we are not self-aware, especially if we easily lose control on certain things. My Netflix could be alcohol to some, and to others it could be drugs or pornography or food or codependency. Well, I'm not here to judge. All I'm saying is that my experience taught me that it's okay to allow myself to be in a state of denial and sulk and indulge. It's okay, but I need to also find a balance between the activities that I choose. Because the main point of coping is to help myself survive. If I'm killing myself slowly in the process of coping, then what's the point, right? So I started to choose things that I can do that are actually 
the ideal one would be something that makes me happy and also beneficial for my well-being both or any of the two so for example general cleaning i don't necessarily enjoy it but a clean space gives me a sense of peace and order i also find time to reconnect with my family and friends that i truly look forward to even though it's just a virtual video hangout reaching out to the people helps keep me grounded it reminds me that we may all be separated and alone, but we are still here for each other. I'm so thankful for the internet because we have the means to keep in touch. Although the other side of the internet is the social media could be a friend or a foe. I prefer being informed about the truth that is happening in the world, no matter how sad it may seem. But let's admit it, too much of sad news, politics, fake news, trolls, controversies seen on some days could take a toll in our mental and emotional state. So, going back to listening to myself as part of coping, it also includes respecting my limits and setting boundaries. What do I mean by that? I deliberately distance myself or stay away from toxic situations and limit my engagement to things and people who are taking too much of my energy and I'm not gaining anything positive from it. Like for example, the internet. The internet is good. I tend to limit my screen time because although it is very entertaining, I figured I can also spend some of that screen time to learning new things. And I also only, only, only engage with things or topics that I find meaningful. Well, meaningful is very subjective, so stuff like memes could be meaningful for me too. I'm personally mainly on social media for my family and friends. I'm a very visual person, and so I update them with what's happening in my life with pictures and stories and silly videos. And that is for my personal account. I do have my work account, which is mainly for work and for my advocacies. This pandemic reminded me that it's also okay to say no. I know that before, but sometimes, you know, we, we forget, especially if we are in the line of service, line of service to the community. Um, it's hard to say no. But as an ambivert who is more in the introverted side, I need time and space to recharge, especially at the end of a very long socialization with people. Even before the pandemic, I'm already at that stage where I go out not because I'm afraid of missing out on the booze and all that jazz, but because of the company of people I want to make quality time with. For me, it's all about the people. In fact, if it's not with the right people, I pass on invites, like even if it's an open bar, um, because as an introvert, I limit my engagement with people, but then I seek for meaningful quality time with people. So again, being an introvert does not mean that you are anti-social. It's just that you are picking the people and the company that you spend your time and energy with. So I hope that's clear. <laughs> and um, well, 
um, there was a time that when I realized that I'm not in it for the booze and I was actually saying no to parties I was like way to go Jerlyn some sort of maturity there I don't know maybe I'm just the type who enjoys hot bath soaking in an inflatable bathtub with music a glass of wine and an ebook on a Friday night one thing most of us feel guilty about saying no to is when people ask for help especially at this time of need i know a lot of filipino overseas workers or filipino expatriates being one myself would give everything for their loved ones like everything 100 percent 101 if it's even possible but you know although the intention is noble selfless and heroic we also need to set boundaries for ourselves and for our loved ones. Save some for ourselves and for our future. I just realized it now, but I've been living half of my life as a Filipino migrant and I've met and heard too many stories of our Kababayans who have become sadly human ATMs to their families. And then when they get sick overseas, there's no fallback. And it always breaks my heart whenever there's a news of an OFW being hospitalized without any assistance and also the families back home had no other source of income because they had been relying on their remittances all the while. And there are stories also of OFWs coming home for good only to realize that they had no one to come home to. Not all Filipino families are like that, of course. I'm thankful mine isn't. But it is a toxic Filipino culture. There's nothing wrong with helping, but I think we also need to see if the kind of help we are giving encourages dependency. Whenever I'm giving help to any cause or anyone, I ask myself if I'm truly helping them to be more independent, is it in any way helping them in their well-being? Or am I teaching them to be lazy or reluctant, complacent, and forever never realize their true potentials? Sometimes, not giving help is actually the kind of help some people need. Kailangan mong tiisin. I call it tough love. Expect nalalabas kang masama, madamot, walang utang na loob, especially kapag nasanay sila na nandyan ka palagi. But don't take it personally, although it will be very, very harsh, um, because they need it. Just look at the bigger picture that you are helping them become responsible citizens of the world. Anyway, by setting our boundaries and knowing when to say no, we are also teaching the people around us how to treat us. And the purpose of it is that you will also see who sees you and who values you for who you are and not just because of what you can do or give to them. Malalaman mo kung sino yung mga friends mo for life and sino yung mga nandyan lang for the good times. So again, it's win-win. Mahirap nga lang sa emotions kasi minsan makakarinig ka ng mga masasakit na salita or judgment but if you know why you are doing those things why you are giving them such tough love well there's really nothing to be guilty about do you feel stagnant or stuck because 2020 and 2021 took away our freedom i did for a while 
but I realized that I have a choice in this and this can't be it you know like I I was thinking that there must be something else I could do it's either I see this dark place that we are all in as a prison or a coffin where like there's no way out or I see it as a cocoon well I choose to be a cocoon I'm a caterpillar in a cocoon I believe that this pandemic era will also pass and that we can emerge from it into better human beings just like a caterpillar metamorphosing into a butterfly it's a perfect metaphor while I am in my cocoon I am choosing to invest in myself whenever I can I try to learn new things, discover new interests and hobbies, start my personal projects, like this podcast being one of them. Some sort of structure is very, very important for me. The world feels like it's out of control, so I cope by doing something with what I can manage. I feel like there's really no point um, stressing about the things that we have no control over. But there is always something to be gained with focusing my energy, my time, my positive thoughts to the things that I can control. They're the things that I can do to make my life better and to make things better for other people. So going back to having structure, I like setting a weekly schedule for myself like my exercise routine, when I will go for my online classes as a student, not a teacher. Um, there are so many platforms you can learn from, like YouTube, MOOCs like Udemy and Coursera. Um, I join discussion groups about my interests and passion. And again, these are the plus side of the World Wide Web. Investing in my professional and personal development while in the waiting, in my cocoon, is so far what keeps me sane these days. COVID-19 may have taken away a lot of our freedom. Businesses were badly affected, people lost their jobs, and people losing their loved ones. And sadly, because of the restrictions, we are just expected to move on. I feel like we don't give ourselves enough time to grieve on such loss. I fear for my loved ones and pray for their safety every day. And it helps to acknowledge these fears and feelings and whatever we have lost. And it's especially important to find time to grieve. And in the process, may we all heal and find hope and courage to rise from our dark cocoons transformed so these are my insights and i hope that you find it helpful as well kindly share to anyone you know who might benefit from it how about you how are you coping drop me a text or voice message if you're listening through anchor or spotify or dm me your questions or feedback on this episode in instagram at hangout with jay keep safe and i hope to virtually hang out with you again next week Stay tuned! Hangout with Jerlyn will be a weekly podcast released every Thursday. Episodes will be in a mixture of Filipino and English languages, and who knows, maybe more. This podcast represents my own opinion and my guests in the episodes. 
the content is for informational purposes only and should not be taken as professional advice unless otherwise stated. Thanks for being there.